This is Limit Up, the place where we explore markets, strategies, and trading psychology to take your trading to the next level. Hey traders, this is Eddie Horn from Top Step Trader. This is Limit Up. It's where we talk with traders, market participants, trading psychologists to help you improve your trading. We have a new episode every week, so make sure you subscribe via iTunes or Google Play. Today, I am joined here with Aaron Clark, who heads our trader support team. Hello, Aaron. Hey, Eddie. Aaron, you know what? Let me just let me stop everything, slow everything down. I, I, I'm, I'm really excited uh, about this conversation today we had with uh, Raman Chada. Um, you know Raman from a while back. I know Raman from a while back. A great mentor, director. Um, he's the founder of Huntu Institute, uh, which is a leadership institute for entrepreneurs and growing businesses. Uh, Raman is a close friend, a very close friend with all of us here in the office, top step trader, and someone who taught all of us uh, so much as we went through the Huntu program as a company. And, and uh, you directly have... Uh, sat in the room uh, with Raman also, correct? Yes, definitely. I was part of the lucky group that got to go through it as a company. I think it was 2015. Um, I've enjoyed hearing a lot of information from Raman, and I think it's really, really valuable stuff. So this is definitely going to be a great interview for our audience. Um, I know here at TST, we talk a lot about how traders need to treat their trading like a business. So talking to someone like Raman offers a really cool perspective there. Um, he also focuses on controlling and understanding emotions, right, yeah. which we always hear on the support team people talking about and which we know play a critical role in trading. Right. Absolutely. All right. Okay, Aaron. Well, you know what? Let's not wait around anymore. Let's get started. Here's my conversation with entrepreneur Raman Chada. Welcome to our podcast, Raman. How are you? I'm well, Eddie. Thank you. Very nice to have you here. And uh, I, I wish, before we start, I, I wish the, the listeners would have been able to take the journey that I have been, I'm going to say, sort of blessed and lucky to have you um, doing webinars and seminars exclusively for us here at Top Step Trader, and of course exclusively for other um, companies and, and 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 startups, and uh, and so forth. But um, if you can share with us, share with us yourself, give us a little more detailed bio, where you started, and uh, how you began. Sure. So um, my career has been mostly working with startups in a variety of different capacities. Uh, I did spend uh, an early part of my career working in uh, the corporate sector and learned that I didn't like it. It wasn't the right fit for me. And uh, fortunately, fell into entrepreneurship um, while I was still in my 20s and recognized that that was my peer group. Uh, so spent pretty much the last uh, 25 years working with entrepreneurs and leaders of uh, young, growing companies. And it has been the most joyous experience I could have ever imagined. Uh, and uh, got involved in education um, in the early 2000s at DePaul University. Uh, found a great opportunity there to help them launch their entrepreneurship center. Did that for a number of years. Was also a, prof a professor at DePaul. And uh, along the way, as you noted a little earlier, uh, started to see some trends in the marketplace that um, bode really well with kind of my interests. And uh, uh, that's what led to the founding of the Junto Institute. So, so you were a professor? I sure was. Yeah. At DePaul? Yeah. What year? 
Uh, I taught there from tw 2002 through 2015. Wow. Yeah. Blue Devils, man. Blue Devils. Chicago's finest. Actually, it's Blue Demons. That's you're, right. You're blue Demons. Duke. Yeah, not Blue Demons. I know they were blue, blue and there were somebodies <laughs> <laughs> that you got that right. Yeah. You got that right. All right. Now, um, we talk about high-end uh, careers. We talk about um, reaching for that brass ring. A lot of people, uh, they've got big expectations of themselves. They, uh, they want everything. Um, now, as far as uh, the high performance people looking for these careers, what's your experience been uh, helping and guiding these people? That's basically what you know who entrepreneurs are and what entrepreneurs are is they are high performance people, um, and I should say the ones who build meaningful companies. And when I say meaningful companies, and 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 how I define entrepreneurs are people who are building something beyond themselves. So in the case of Top Step, um, you know, the founder is Michael Patak, but now you folks have several dozen employees, and so he's built something far beyond himself. Uh, entrepreneurs tend to have high standards of excellence, much like traders do. And you know, I know Michael's background is a trader, so it dovetails really well with him as an entrepreneur. Um, it High-performance professionals, whether they're athletes, whether they're firefighters, whether they're traders, or whether they're entrepreneurs, require such a high degree of drive and intrinsic motivation to achieve. Let's break that down. Yeah. Intrinsic motivation. Explain that. Uh, so this language was um, was made popular by Daniel Pink in the, in the book Drive, where uh, he distinguishes intrinsic motivation from extrinsic motivation. The point being that, and I'll use traders as an example, well, I could be extrinsically motivated by the money that I could be making as a trader. It's the carrot that I'm trying to get to. Um, or I can be intrinsically motivated by the challenge that I feel on a day-to-day -day basis or maybe even hour-to-hour -hour basis by trading. Uh, so much like um, if somebody who's working out, they could be extrinsically motivated by a reward that a friend might be giving them that if um, they're able to run a mile in six minutes, their friend is going to give them 50 bucks. That's an extrinsic motivator. Or they could be intrinsically motivated purely by the joy that they get while they're running, as well as the so-called runner's high that they might achieve after the fact. They're, they're looking for that. Would, would, would somebody be able to possess both and utilize both of those? Oh, sure. And in fact, most people can. But the point is, is that most successful people and high performers that I've been around, and again, the vast majority of them are entrepreneurs, they're not just looking for the brass ring. They're not just looking to scale the mountain. They're not just looking for the exit that's going to give them a mountain of cash. Every morning, we are so driven to wake up and battle, go to battle, and achieve whatever we have to achieve that day. And so we're very intrinsically motivated, which is why even when we're going through really hard times and what people, it, again, entrepreneurs and traders go through a lot of similar th experiences, we have a lot more lows than we have highs as entrepreneurs. So how do we get through all of that? It requires resolve. It requires a long-term view. It requires the ability to pull ourselves up by the so-called bootstraps and get to work no matter how bleak things look for us on a day-to-day -day basis. Right. And th I mean, that's tough, too. I mean, especially in this business, uh, you know, if, if uh, you know, the, the prior day, the market 
uh, hands your ass in a paper bag to yourself. And, you know, you're coming back the next day. And, you know, one thing I learned being on the trading floor and, and in this business is every day is a new day, which is something that you need to follow to get you through if you've had bad days mm-hmm. or if you've had good days just to keep, keep you uh, humbled in this business. Um, but uh, what I'm saying is is that, uh, you know, sometimes, and I should say all the time, um, emotions are kicked back and forth, mm-hmm. uh, whether they be positive emotions, negative emotions, moving on to that next day, trying to forget about what happened yesterday, um, using that clean slate term and uh, just progressing, moving forward, trying to move forward. Now, let me ask you about emotional uh, intelligence. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in this business, emotions are just, uh, they're around every corner. Uh, yeah, one of the sayings they say is leave your emotions at the door. If you want to be a successful trader, leave your emotions at the door. Um, being human, that's too tough to do. You know, I, I mean, uh, I've been in the business for about 30 years and, you know, just put a trade on it and it's going against you. And you're like, oh my gosh, you know. Um, Emotions are going to be there. Or you got that winner. All of a sudden, the market just takes off, and, and you're on the right side of that trade. Um, you know, It's elation. You, you want to be. You, you want to enjoy the emotion. But um, with emotional intelligence, uh, is there benefits for high performance and high performers? Yeah, I'm, I'm very biased. Um, but let me also start by saying that emotional intelligence is a scientific concept, so it's rooted in actual science. There's a lot of data behind it, a lot of research that's been done. Uh, let me start by just describing what, what this is. Please. No, knowing that you, you've got a range of listeners, some may be familiar, some may not be. So emotional intelligence is our ability to recognize and regulate the emotions in ourselves as well as those in other people and how we then use that information to guide our own thinking, actions, and behaviors. Okay. So that's emotional intelligence at a high level. Right. It is different from cognitive intelligence. So cognitive intelligence is measured by our IQ, which everybody's familiar with. Emotional intelligence is measured by what's called EQ. So there are tests and assessments one can take to measure their emotional intelligence. Um, but it comes back to this idea of recognizing and regulating our emotions, but then also those in others. And so there is a direct link between emotional intelligence and performance. The research, the research shows that for an average person, 42% of their performance is driven by their cognitive intelligence or their IQ. So if you're a trader, 42% on average, mind you, on average 42% of your performance is driven by what your professional experience is, what you know about the markets, what you know about the companies, et cetera, et cetera, what you know about finance, all the technical parts of it. 58% of your performance is driven by your emotional intelligence. And that's not just for a trader. That's for an entrepreneur, a firefighter, a physician, a teacher, a parking meter attendant. Right. Right? I think you say a parking meter. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) I've never seen an emotional parking meter. Um, But uh, emotion, I mean... It it can rule our uh, our day, can rule our week, can can rule our world, mm-hmm. and um, sometimes it, the more professional uh, thinking trader can put that aside. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, I, I don't want to say that we need to be robots. 
because I think that's a very unhealthy way of thinking. Um, but we need to be in control, right. um, you know, with emotions, mm-hmm. with our actions, with decisions. Uh, one thing that uh, you know we talk about on the broadcast here, Raman, is um, if if you're about to put a trade on, or if you're about to uh, uh, take a trade out, or make a decision, uh, or or start an action. Um, and you're really not too sure about it, is to, to ask yourself the question, why am I doing this? Should I be doing this? And to get the correct answer, you have to have a good answer. Uh, if you don't have an answer, then you know what? Uh, and this goes true to life, too. If you ask yourself something, you know, um, you know, why am I doing this? And, and your answer is, I don't know. I don't know. That's not a good action. Mm-hmm. Always have something behind it. Always have something um, that you can agree with yourself as a person. So um, that's going to sort of segue into what we're talking about is is, is being uh, in solo situations. Um, now, Raman, can you discuss in context of working in solo situations uh, something that can help somebody like uh, me or the listener that uh, they're more concerned uh, with themselves and needing for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to use the components of emotional intelligence to address this. Okay, so let me first start by saying there's four parts to emotional intelligence or four components. There's self-awareness, there's self-management, there's social awareness, and there's relationship management. The first two, self-awareness and self-management, have to do with ourselves. So they are right. more relevant to this context that you're referring to, which is working solo. The second two, social awareness and relationship management, are in the context of other people. They're more interpersonal. So I'm going to leave those two behind for the, for the moment, okay. for this conversation. Right. So self-awareness is where everything starts. What you were referring to earlier about um, asking ourselves, should I make the trade, why am I making the trade, and so on, that has to do with the second step, second component, which is self-management. But we can't engage in effective self-management or self-control unless we have strong self-awareness. Is, is that number one? That's number one. Okay. Okay. All right. And that's where, in my experience, far too many people um, play it short. That they try to jump all the way over to the self-control and self-management part and don't pay enough attention to self-awareness. And here's where I'm going. Is if I'm asking myself the question, why did I make the trade? I might start getting very cognitive and very rational and very logical. In truth, part of the answer to why am I making this trade could actually be rooted in how I woke up that morning. What was the news that I read last night that is still in my subconscious this morning? Um, Did I have a hard interaction, a tough interaction with someone in my family or with one of my friends in the last week that is also still with me? None of that is going to be at the surface when I ask that question. Right. Why did I make that trade? Especially if um, it wasn't a good trade. So now let's go back to self-awareness. What is self-awareness? Self-awareness is our ability to know our internal state, to know our preferences, to know where we are right now in the moment. Um, there's three parts of self-awareness. There's our emotional awareness. There's our self-assessment, our accurate self-assessment. Do we actually have an effective, objective view of ourselves And then third is our self-confidence. So what we're getting at is first knowing where we are, who we are, and why we are in the moment as we are. 
or if you remember in one of our sessions that we've done at Top Step, we use the emotion wheel as mm-hmm. a tool. And what it does is, because a lot of people are uncomfortable with declaring their emotions. Part of it is because we don't grow up in a society where people do that. Right. Right. Especially for those of us that, who are men. And so what the emotion wheel does is it actually gives us a prompt to just pick a word or two that identifies how we're feeling in the moment. And the beauty of it is that it, it's a scientific word. It's not a judgmental word. And the other beauty, beautiful part of it is that no one can argue with someone's emotion. So even if I tell you that right now I'm feeling um, dismayed, a negative emotion, or I'm feeling sad, let's go even further, you can't argue. You might, you might laugh at me if, if you want, if that's, if, that, if that's the type of person you are, but you can't argue with that. I could tell you that even if the sky is falling, I'm feeling joy and love. Again, you can't argue with me because I'm feeling it for my own reasons. The point is, is that I now have an ability to label what I'm feeling in the moment, and then I can probe to ask, why am I feeling that? Mm-hmm. So then I can kind of say, okay, wait a minute, let me kind of unpack this feeling of dismay or this feeling of joy or this feeling of love. What's behind it? Now I'm in much better position to control myself. Right? So now I'm in a better, better position to exercise self-management, which is that second component where we're managing our states, we're managing our impulses, we're managing our resources. So now I can, hold on a second, I'm feeling anxious. When people are feeling anxious, they tend to be more impulsive. Right. Right? No patience. So if I if I um, have a rough day and I go home and I pour myself a big glass of scotch, I might stop and say, wait a minute, what am I doing? What am I feeling right now? And this is, seriously, this is what I do. I've got, we've got an um, emotion wheel in our kitchen. I'll pull it out and I'll say, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling nervous. Mm. Oh, now I know why I've just poured that big glass of scotch, which is twice as much as I normally pour. <laughs> so right next to the right next to the word wheel is a big bottle of scotch. Yeah. Right. Okay. But okay. you see where I'm going? I mean, right. I'm using an example that hopefully people can relate to, um, whether they drink or not. The point is, is that our actions are tied to our feelings. And people... Oh, yeah have a hard time acknowledging that. And I'm using the word feeling and emotion interchangeably. Um, to, to us, they're one and the same. Right. Yeah, a lot of people don't like to even uh, even share that. I mean, there's a lot of people that do like to share that. Uh, there's a lot of people that mm-hmm. uh, keep to themselves and do not like to share that. And that's when it's like, you know, man, having a hell of a time trying to figure this guy out, you know. Or, uh, you know, somebody's going to let you know everything about how they feel. And uh, more or less, those people uh, are looking for maybe someone to talk to or some advice or maybe some direction. So um, now moving on, uh, we talk about uh, being motivated. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, Motivation um, is something in the trading world uh, that can be knocked off a pedestal in a heartbeat. All right? uh, completely motivated. Everything's going good. Uh, now, for us as traders and human beings and, and, and such as life, how does one stay motivated? And uh, how can you improve um, something that you can never conquer? I know that uh, we mentioned, we talked about this before we started to record. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, I want to be the best major league pitcher that ever was. That's a big goal, okay? Uh, but the thing is, you know what? 
maybe you're you're not going to get there, um, but maybe you're going to be very good at what you do. Now, I'm just using this as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, now, how do we stay motivated, um, knowing that we can't reach that big target? Um, do we break things down with little targets uh, until we're satisfied, or do we keep pushing ourselves to the next level, got to that level, maybe a little bit more, a little harder work? I'm not going to shortchange it. I'm not going to – I need to work a little bit more. How do we do that? Right. Um, I wish I could tell you that I've got an answer for it, but I'll, uh, but I don't. And But I'll share some thoughts uh, around that that hopefully might be helpful to some folks out there. Uh, so our ability to motivate ourselves is is actually a manifestation of self-management. Okay, bringing us back to self-management. Exactly. Okay. Right. And and in in scientific terms, they call it achievement orientation. Because motivation is 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 a word that gets interpreted by a lot of people in different ways, but when we have an achievement orientation, when we are actually um, have a mindset towards achievement, that implies that we are motivated and we are motivating ourselves. And so, um, I, I really—I'm not a trader. I've never been a trader, so I can't speak to that. I, I don't have experience having done that, but I can share with you my experience, not only having an achievement orientation as an entrepreneur, but then also being around a ton of people who have that. Um, and that is that, uh, yes, the vast majority of us do break things down into smaller, bite-sized chunks. We are not trying to boil the ocean in a day, but we're just trying to boil a pot of water today. And then hopefully if we boil that pot of water today, we can boil a bigger pot of water tomorrow. But we do break things down. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly is uh, there's a lot to be said for um, just having peer groups and people to talk to. Now, in for most entrepreneurs who are building something bigger than themselves, they have employees, they have business partners, they've got advisors and consultants and accountants and bankers. In the case of solo traders, I don't know who they have. And I know that that's one of the things TopSip does is gives them a community. And so if I'm someone who is advising traders, I'm going to be on their back, like talk to people in the community, have an outlet. And the reason is we need that outlet. It's a release valve, especially for those negative emotions, for us to be able to share them and not just share the emotions, but rather harness them and leverage them into questions. Like I'm having a really lousy week or month who else has been through a lousy week or month? And this is where the idea of shared experiences comes in, which is we rely a great deal on it. The Junto Institute is there's no advice giving in our in our program. It's all shared experiences. Right. And when someone else says, I've been through that, all of a sudden it takes a big weight off of one's shoulders. Just those words, I've been through that, I know how you feel. Right. Right? I can agree. I can agree with that. That's a great idea you guys got. That's Thank awesome. You. Um now, as far as I, I, know, I know that uh, a lot of people listening here are probably wondering, well, what can I do? Where, where's my first step? What do I need to do first? Um, how can I achieve this? Now, um, Raman, I wanted to ask you if there's any um, exercises or steps that you can share mm-hmm. uh, to at least maybe put us in the right direction because I know a lot of us do need direction mm-hmm. sure so um, I'll share a few things so to speak that people can do um, I'll also share uh, I already mentioned the book drive I'll also mention another, another book that uh, might be helpful uh, so the first I think the very first thing is to create time 
for this. And what I mean by that is, just like we have to create time to go running when we devote ourselves to exercising, or just like we have to create time for our friends to, to keep our relationships um, intact, we have to create time for improving ourselves, or for self-improvement. Um, I believe that uh, one of the things that is necessary is that we take time as frequently as we can, believe it or not, multiple times if we can during a day for reflection and introspection, where we have an opportunity to ask ourselves, how are we performing as a human being? How are we performing as a professional? How are we performing according to any criteria we have for our own performance? But an opportunity for us to actually think about that on a regular basis. Um, I talked about the importance of talking about, uh, of having a community and talking to people. That's another very important step in my opinion. To build relationships with people, if, if you don't already have them, where you can talk about these things. So I can talk about my self-improvement. I have a, an incredible network of people that I'm able to do that with. I talk about it with our team members. I talk about it with our customers. I talk about it with our mentors. And it has become such an important part of my life that I've got these people who I can have these kinds of conversations with pretty much any time, any day. Um, and we've seen the reaction from other people of how valuable that can be. Third thing, I mentioned the emotion wheel earlier. Um, right. You can literally, if you just Google Junto Emotion Wheel and J-U-N-T-O, you'll find our blog post on it, and you can download the image, and that's something that you can also use. And we've had a bunch of people print it out, keep it by their desks. I think you guys have a few employees here at Top Step who yes, have it by do. their desks. Yeah. Um, and then um, part of the time for introspection and self-reflection, if, if this is something that um, is helpful to you and valuable to you, you can go to the extent where you're meditating formally or engaging in mindfulness exercises. Those things are helpful. Um, the book that I'll recommend is called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg, D-U-H-I-G-G, if I remember correctly. And what Charles lays out is this very simple, scientifically backed, three-step process to create new habits. And they, it goes by cue, routine, and reward. And the beauty is, is it actually combines that whole idea of intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. What you talked about, right? Right. And so a cue is when a cue is a trigger, right? So that trigger might be um, when I wake up in the morning, when I make a good trade, when I go out for a walk. Whatever the trigger is, that's the cue. Then the routine is the specific steps that one takes in order to hopefully attain the reward that they're looking for. So I'm oversimplifying what is a great book, but that's a helpful thing that um, we use in a different way in parts of our program. Um, so that's a book I'll recommend in addition to the one I mentioned earlier, which is Drive by Daniel Pink. Okay. All right. And uh, lastly, of course, uh, you know, um, we as people want to succeed. You know, there's there's reasons we do things to succeed. Uh, a lot of us do work very hard for success. And uh, I want to know if um, you could share with us on uh, what... As for me, a person, what I can typically sort of see as improvement in myself, um, is there sort of a, uh, a rating system, a, a checklist, where as I am working towards my goals, my targets, um, my mission objectives, is, is there something that I can sort of uh, follow through with? Yeah, um, it's your own definition of success. 
If your definition of success is money in the bank, great. If your definition of success is more happy days than unhappy days, terrific. That's the definition. Of, that's it's your definition of success. Okay. All right. And I think that's what uh, a lot of us are looking for. Um, you know, we want to be successful in life, and uh, some of us have been successful in life and uh, have tasted success want to get back to that uh, that venue uh, some of us are still working very hard in life to get to success and like you said it's what you make it so but uh, otherwise well Ram and I appreciate you being here but before you go I got some uh, we'll call them fun questions yep. okay now um on my podcasts, I like to pretend that uh, you're in our broadcast booth here in Chicago, mm -hmm. that uh, this is a time machine, okay? And you got a big smile on your face. I'd, wouldn't it be great to just have just one time? Just give me a time machine just once, and I'm offering it to you one time. Now, we're going to go back in time. And what I want you to do is uh, I want you to find yourself back in time, okay? Um, so if you could go back in time, tell yourself one thing. When you started out, what would that be? I'm not being trite here um, because I didn't share my journey and why I have become so passionate about emotional intelligence. I would have told myself to study this earlier in my life. Okay. That's fair enough. Yeah. That's fair enough. I know. I tell you, uh, as the days go on and stuff, I'm looking. Uh, you know, I look at my kids, and uh, you know, it's like we did the same things they're doing now. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, yeah, right, 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 Dad. Mm -hmm, sure. You know, now I'm at this age, and I'm saying, God, you know, my dad was right. Oh my God, my dad. He, exactly. I should have did this years ago. I guess that's part of growing up. Yeah. It's it's part of being human and and experiencing life. Mm -hmm. So. So I like that answer. All right, um, now let's 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 uh, move out of the time machine. And uh, as growing up, or maybe even right now, funny question: What's your favorite toy, or what was your favorite toy? Well, Stretch Armstrong was my favorite toy growing up. Uh, that one, that one's easy. I'd I'd have to say that my favorite toy. Ha as an adult has always been something related to music so you know it was my stereo system in my in my 20s it then became my iPod and now it is my uh, phone you know where I can access all the music but um, that's the really the only toys I've ever had have been related to uh, music and it's kind of where I really? spend my money yeah there you go yeah all right um, how about uh, in life your favorite moment what moment if uh, sticks out the number one highlight that's of impossible. your life? That's impossible because I'm going to alienate someone <laughs> or or piss somebody off. Um, yeah, that's really really hard. All right, you know what? Let's change that question. Yeah. What was your first concert? My first concert was Rush. Mine too. Really? <laughs> was Chicago that? Amphitheater, right, down the right here. Yeah. Let's see. Eighty-one. 80? 81. 81, 80. Moving pictures wow, tour. Yeah, we had fourth row. Yeah, I was way back there. Oh, were you? Yeah. My, actually, we got tickets at the Chicago Board of Trade. Nice. My sister used to work there, and she's like, I know this guy at the ticket booth. Yeah, fourth row. Nice. 
That's pretty cool for a first concert. Wow. <laughs> pretty cool for a first concert going to see Rush. Yeah, no <laughs> right. All right. Raman, I really appreciate you being with us here. Raman Chada from Junto. And uh, now, uh, please share with us, um, where can people find you online? Okay. Uh, well, the Junto Institute is uh, where they can find the, the company. So it's the Junto Institute. With, and Junto is J-U-N-T-O. Uh, I'm on all social media, so uh, you can find me at uh, on Twitter, uh, Raman Chada, and that's R-A-M-A-N. C H A D H A. Uh, so those are the best places to to find me and us online. And Hundo is also on Twitter as well, as all well right. as all other social. Awesome, creator and co-founder, ladies and gentlemen, Raman Chada. Raman, thank you for being with us here today. Um, fantastic interview, and I want to invite you back again because I think there's just so much more that we can uh, we can sort of touch and and uh, uh, bring up front. You're welcome, and thank you for having me. All right. Fantastic. Thank you very much again. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. All right, Aaron. Wow. That was uh, that was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. It was a great conversation, especially for someone who's not a trader. Uh, Raman really hit it on the head with the emotions playing such a large role. You know, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, for, first off, just being a trader. Emotions, You know, we're always talking about, I think I mentioned it too, about leaving your emotions at the door. Do not let emotions affect your trading because sometimes they can take over. And he had a great explanation on uh, how to keep the emotions away from your decisions. Um, Now, one of the things is that's got to be about the first time I've ever heard somebody put a number on it. Um, the idea more than 50% of your performance is due to your emotions. It's something that I've found to be true. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me, especially after having gone through the Junto Institute, like you mentioned. Um, there's such a focus on self awareness. That's really the first way that you can get in touch with it and trace your actions back, like Raman was talking about. Um, And I know he was talking about spending more time on that awareness. And for me, it came into play because I've worked here for over five years. I've talked to hundreds of traders. Everyone's always trying to give advice to traders, advice on controlling emotions or not trading after a bad day or trading after a good day or something like that. And it's always interesting because at the Hundo Institute, they do not give emotions. I know, or excuse me, emotions. They don't give advice. Right. I know Raman touched on that. They share experiences. Exactly. And so Raman's, I guess the only advice that he had was like carving out that time to get in touch with your feelings and with your emotions. So that was really the key is the reflection, the self-awareness, and just identifying them are so key. And I think that kind of cuts through all the sometimes crap of advice that people try to give to traders all the time. It, there, there is a lot of people out there giving advice, and uh, just the approach that Raman has. Um, you know, there's a lot of time spent on awareness, being aware of uh, your surroundings, aware of your situation. Um, we all spend a, a bulk of time on trying to fix the problem, but not enough time on the awareness of our problems and one thing you you did mention is is that uh, they're not trying to give you the fix they're letting you uh, develop the fix Mm -hmm. and uh, the solutions for certain problems which you know I think that's the best way to learn best way is to experience 
um, the solution yourself without just sitting there taking notes. Okay, what did he say? That's how you do it? Okay, that's what... I mean, that's how a lot of education is. Uh, it's not applying to give you the hands-on that you need uh, for the education. Right, yeah, and it's it's difficult to realize why you put a certain trait on without taking your emotions into context of it. And I hear so many educators try and say that to traders, um, but I think there's just this kind of piece before you get to that that people need to spend time doing. And like you mentioned, it is it is all awareness. Right. Right. Now, um, I think the point about motivation for winning was interesting. The intrinsic versus the intrinsic. Extrinsic versus the intrinsic reasons. Um, I think I have those words right. I think so. <laughs> um, but in trading, we always say that you can't focus on the money. And um, that's one thing. You have to focus on your progress, the victories. And then the money will come. Now, I knew, you know, working on the trading floor, that every trader never mentioned money. Ne never. Not I'm up $2,000. I'm down 500 They would always mention ticks. Um, or, you know, hey, I, I got a couple wins, uh, winning trades here. Um, never mention money. And I think that's a good source to at least keep you in the game. And uh, But, of course, you have to realize you have to keep track of how much money uh, that you can lose every day you trade. You know, yeah. th that's one of the first things you need to think about, not about how much money can I make, but the thing is, how much money can I lose? And uh, Right. And I think that's what goes into you know, everything I've learned here, that's what goes into putting together your trading plan. Um, and it's interesting because talking about emotions – in this episode makes me think the people that I talk to on the phone are get really excited when they're up money, when they make a ton of money. Mm -hmm. But the people that I talk to on the phone who are proud are the people who followed their plan. So even when they lose money, if they have followed their process and they have executed trades along, you know, the plan that they've already laid out for themselves, those guys are the proudest. And I think that results in so much more motivation to keep going than like a moment of excitement. That's what I've seen, at least, from our traders. You know, one thing, too, is, you know, you can be humbled so very quickly. And, you know, I've been in the business almost 30 years, and uh, it, it's like you're almost expecting uh, to be humbled, uh, you know. Great trade, got a good trade, good run, um, winning trade, winning trade, winning trade, oh, losing trade, here we come now. And the thing is, you, you need to diversify. You need to separate. You need to understand that uh, part of that is the process of being a good trader is to understand that, hey, you know what, this is part of the game, all right? This is part of the game. Um, I'm not going to let any emotions take over. I'm not going to uh, foolishly trade. I'm not going to revenge trade. I'm not going to uh, try to get, if, if the market takes it, understand that uh, that is part of the business, and that's mm -hmm. how you need to progress. But uh, otherwise, um, Aaron, I, I, I'd like to say, Thanks for joining me again today, and hopefully we'll have you back here. It's nice having you here in the broadcast booth. Definitely, yeah. Thanks for having me, Eddie. All right, traders, as always, thanks for spending time with us. If you like this interview, check out some of our other interviews on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and other podcast providers. Hey, remember, trade well, and uh, I'll see you next time. Take care. Bye, Aaron. Bye, Eddie.
Futures and Forex trading contains substantial risk and is not for every investor. An investor could potentially lose all or more than their initial investment. Risk capital is money that can be lost without jeopardizing one's financial security or lifestyle. Only risk capital should be used for trading, and only those with sufficient risk capital should consider trading. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results.